Hi, I'm Mark and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. This show is all about helping you to see what's beneath the surface of service design. What are the things that make a difference between success and failure? All to help you design great services that have a positive impact on people and business. And one of the secrets of doing great service design is of course actually getting people to work with you, especially non-designers. No matter whether it's internal stakeholders or external clients, you have to be able to explain what you do. To many, service design is still a new and unknown thing and often pretty scary. And that's a major problem for the simple fact that when you can't get people to work with you, you won't be able to put your craft into practice and make those great services happen. I've seen people get so frustrated over this that they eventually burn out and leave the field. And that's exactly the opposite of what we want. We want more people designing great services, not less. But the good news is that you can learn how to get the people around you excited about service design. There is a reliable process you can follow that greatly increases your chance of getting buy-in. So rather than hoping that you will be able to get people excited to work with you, you will have a step-by-step -step process you can follow. And this not only shortens the time you need to close deals, it helps you to find the right clients and projects, but most of all, it increases your confidence in any conversation, helping you to get rid of that imposter syndrome. Over the past years, many people have learned about this reliable process in my Selling Service Design with Confidence program. In the program, you not only learn about the process, you'll also get a framework, a language, and a set of practical tools that help you to articulate the value of what you do. And this is especially beneficial in those conversations where the stakes are high and you don't want to screw up. Trust me, I've been there too many times. So today I've invited two guests for you on the show who recently finished the program. You'll hear how one of them went from struggling to explain service design to landing speaking opportunities at random networking events in a matter of weeks. And you'll hear a story about how one of them is able to find the right clients that help her to shift from doing UX work to doing more service design work. And you'll also hear about one secret conversation technique that both of them have applied with great success with clients. I think you'll be able to relate to a lot of their stories, so make sure to stick around till the end. We run the Selling Service Down with Confidence program only a few times per year. And at the date of publishing this episode, we're taking applications for the final round of 2021. So if you also want to have more success of getting buy-in for service design from internal stakeholders or external clients, don't miss this opportunity. You can learn more about the program and how to apply at servicedesignshow.com slash selling. So that's servicedesignshow.com slash selling. And you can also find the link to that page in the show notes of this episode. Well, I hope you're ready and excited to jump into the conversation with Delia and Marie-Christine because there's just one more thing for me left to say and that's let the show begin. And welcome to the show, MC and Delia. Thank you, Mark. Hi, Mark. Good to have you Good here. here. Really, really looking forward to sharing some of the lessons about selling service design and selling yourself and helping people to find more buy-in into service design and uh, whatever else that comes up. Um, we're going to split the conversation in two parts. Uh, Delia, I'd love to start with you first. So maybe um, could you give us an introduction uh, into who you are? Give us a little bit of context. Um, 
Are you agency owner? Are you working in-house? What do you do these days? I'm Delia Chi. I'm an aviation planner and a service designer out in Los Angeles, California. I come from the aviation industry, planning airports, um, trying to figure out what buildings need to be built, uh, what runways need to be built, and trying to get stakeholder approval uh, for that. And I um, have my own company now called Aerovision Designs. And my goal is to evolve thought leadership of service design within the aviation community. Um, I, it, it's something very passionate to me, and I very much got into it because a lot of the planners, engineers, and architects that I'm very used to working with, I found that um, it was, you know, they, they got stuck doing their designs, and they, they do great designs, but they uh, were having more difficulty selling their designs at the end uh, to the customers, really, for the for airports, it's the passengers and the tenants of the impact of their designs. And so I worked at a company in the past where a lot of the funding, a lot of times the engineers, architects, and planners were not um, able to sell the designs that they did other than oh yeah it meets standards and we do we need to go beyond that and i think service design allows us to really understand who our who our customers are and really craft the right messages that we need to be able to sell the designs as effectively as we can and make the most impact that's already a, a great pitch for service design. Good for you. Uh, so service design in the aviation industry, developing thought leadership. I really love that. Uh, and I know it's really hard needed in the uh, aviation industry as well. Um, and uh, you don't have a typical quote unquote service design background, right? What, what was your prior experience? I, I have a master's in urban and regional planning with an emphasis in transportation. Um, and so I've, it's, to me, service design is the bridge between the technical fields like planning. Um, you know, I think planners are actually natural born service designers. Um, I think service design, a lot of people come from marketing, business side of the house. I don't at all, but I think that's what makes me very unique being a service designer. And um but as a planner, a lot of the steps are very similar to what a service designer would do in terms of, you know, talking to the stakeholders, running meetings. I run public meetings a lot of the time and facilitate meetings, trying to understand with all the stakeholders that are involved, what are their needs? How do you accommodate their needs? How do you build consensus and how do you negotiate? Um, so, yeah, a lot of the skill sets are are the same yeah yeah there's a lot of overlap and uh i always say that service design is borrowing and stealing a lot from other disciplines so that no wonder um that's what i'm doing <laughs> stealing from the service design to and improve good for aviation. you i think that's a really effective way to uh to apply the practice so uh we just spent a few weeks together talking about how to get buy-in for service design how to sell service design how to communicate the value of it what do you feel was the typical challenge you were running into related to this topic i don't know if it was a 
typical challenge, but one challenge that kind of bugged me a little bit um, working in the field was I ran into a situation where, um, you know, a prospective client or somebody that you're talking to, you know, a lot of what's what's useful about service design is you can use it to resolve really challenging problems and nobody has ever, you know, really found an answer to. And that's kind of the highlight of it. You open and empower people to, to do great things and to kind of break past those barriers. And so I was talking to people and there was a, an issue and um, they just felt like I've already exhausted my options and they weren't very optimistic to move forward and break through the barriers. And, you know, my job is to help them try to convince them that with service design, you're, you're going to be able to break through those barriers if you go through the supports. You have to trust me a little bit and I have to build that trust with, with my clients. And, um, and so the skill sets that, um, you know, from the service design class, there was a, a, a section where we had to think about who our, our audience was. And I think that really came to mind in that situation. And um, and it's something that, Mark, you do very well that I've noticed, maybe you don't know, but um, you opened my eyes in the class when sometimes when somebody said, well, why do I need service design? And then somebody would say, well, what would happen if you don't use service design? Kind of do the reverse psychology. And I've never really thought about using a, I guess, a tactic of that sort um, when talking to my clients, but I, you know, using something like that saying, well, what if you don't use it? What are you going to lose out on if you try this method that I think is going, you know, to work or at least provide a lot of insight and, and had put you in the right direction. Um, and so that, that's one of the tactics I think was really great from the class. And then also just being able to do a, you know, what are you going to lose out on? So just doing a service jam or a workshop with them to try to resolve their problem. And if, if you're not resolving the problem, at least you're opening their eyes to, from all of the struggles, again, putting yourself in their shoes. I've done so many things. I can't figure out the right solution for this problem. And you being able to open their eyes up to all of the different stakeholder opinions and perspectives and being able to co-create and work together to, to get to a, a transformable, you know, really great solution for them. Mm. Yeah. So long I, answer to your question. Well, yeah, that's okay. Uh, uh, there's a lot, a lot in there. But what I'm hearing you say, one of the things I'm hearing you say is that it just it helps to get people unstuck who are maybe stuck in a, a certain paradigm and uh, help them to at least be open to explore new. Uh, opportunities um, and asking the question what happens if we don't explore these new opportunities or what if we don't use service design it's it's usually a very effective question to uh, start get people to to think uh, I'm curious like you we talked about this question in uh, in the program what did you do before uh, this so when you didn't have this tactic how would how would have you approached this challenge in the past 
Well, I mean, usually I would have just been like, oh, okay, well, if you don't want to do this, then, you know, you would try to push them, but then you don't push as hard. And I think you have to be a little bit more aggressive in, in your, in your push of trying to win over a client or not even trying to get, it's not even trying to get a job. It's just trying to open their eyes up and say, Hey, I'm on your side. Nothing is, it's not all lost here. And we're facing this, this issue together and let's get through it together. Um, And being able to have that confidence. That was one of the things I think a lot of the a lot of the students who were in our in the class, I think we all had a, you know, they always talk about the imposter syndrome, right? Um, and I, I don't know if it, and it's just like trying to find the confidence to like, to really, um, I guess, just stay with your client and, and persevere um, and not give up so easily, like, which is what I've done before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a shame, you know, because eventually, and I love the way you uh, phrased it, we are on the same side. We believe, or you should believe that you are there to help your client. And then selling just becomes a way of finding that right message that resonates uh, and that shows your clients that you're actually on the same side and gives them the confidence to move forward. It's not shoving something in their face that they don't need or don't want. You see a challenge they have, you believe that you can help them, then you. I, I feel that you're almost obliged to to sell and to help, help them to see the uh, potential benefits here. Yeah. And speaking about the confidence, I think that being able to talk about some of these things and really open up yourself um, to, uh, you know, some of these issues that you're facing and sort of like bringing the elephant out, you know, of the, what is it, bring the elephant out and, and talking about it. I think it's so needed. It, a lot of service designers, we did, we um, were talking about the design orgs and, um, and the impact of design orgs. And, and then with the role of the service designer in the whole design organization. And a lot of times the service designer is like the one person in, if, if, if you're in house, um, the one person. And so I think being able to have a cohort that you can like, ah, you know, MCI can like totally reach out to you if I, if I need to. And I hope it comes back the same way. Um, it, it's, it's so valuable to have other people in the field who are doing the same thing that you're doing and you're not like the only one in, yeah. in the industry yeah. or the, in your company. Sharing the, the, the struggles is already half of the, uh, of the battle, like seeing that other people have the same struggle and uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's comforting. It's, uh, it's comforting to know that. So uh, Delia, one final thing I would love to know from you is there are people listening to this who are in a similar position, who love service design, who are passionate about it, who see the positive impact it can bring to uh, organizations and the world in general, but they are struggling to get their message across. You mentioned already a few tips and tricks um, that you took away from the program. Is there anything else you would like to give? The one thing that I I think I took away the most, and I think it was given the situation of where I am, which is, again, to evolve thought leadership in of service design in aviation. But in in my mission, I have to really explain what service design is. Um, get people to 
see the benefits of it, but it's also branding myself. And I see it as one and the same. And even though the class may be like, well, let's sell service design, let's sell what we do. I think it's selling what me, what Delia does. It's a personal branding effort. And I, and I really worked on the first lesson. There was a lot of different ways to sell service design, you know, like the, the coffee shop and the bad and the good experience. Um, and so I actually used that and crafted my own elevator pitch to sell myself as well as what service design is. And I think that um, was very helpful, but even just like understanding the audience um, and, and, craft, and, and considering that and crafting that within your message of, of selling yourself, I think that was, um, that was like the biggest takeaway from the class is just being able to know what to say, say it with confidence um, of what service design is, but also who have a better idea of who you are and how to sell yourself. Yeah, and I think you what you did really well is to put it into practice and to actually prototype the things that we share in the in the course in the program because you know there are many different approaches and you have to figure out what works for you and uh, you already privately shared one story with me in how you prototyped it. I think it's fun to share it with. Uh, the community as well, just to show that uh, it can get you, simple things can get you quite far. So uh, I hope you know which story I'm referencing to. Uh, do you? You mean when I was prototyping my pitch? Your pitch, yeah. And how you pitched yeah, yourself and it, what happened. I ran it through different people and with like there were five different uh, strategies or, or tactics, like I suppose, that you could use. Um, and I ran it. To, I ran it with my husband. I ran it with somebody who was a, a colleague of mine. Um, I ran it by somebody who who just didn't know anything about at, about aviation at all. So there was kind of a mix of like people to to test it out. Because when you're talking to somebody, you could be talking. You'd be at a dinner party and be talking to somebody about service design. So you have to what you say has to be different than if you're talking to somebody in your industry who knows the jargon. And so um, I was able to figure out, um, you know, what really sold and what really sold to actually to everybody was crafting and incorporating a good story, personal story into your pitch. Um, and for me, it was the, the you know, we take, we take bad experiences and turn them into good experiences. And I think that resonates, especially in the aviation industry. When you have a bad experience at the airport, we've all had those. We've all had good experiences too. And, uh, you know, service design is turning those bad experiences into good ones. And it, it can be as simple as that, right? It doesn't have to be more complicated. And of course, it doesn't explain the entire story, but at least gets people interested to learn more. And that's, I think, uh, it's like sales, it's a journey. Like, don't try to... Don't try to marry somebody on the on the first date. You have to you have to slowly build up that progress. And uh, I think you're doing a, a a great great. You're making great progress. That's what I wanted to say. Um, well, I think I did a good enough job because I was talking to somebody at an event, and um, they said, "Oh, that it was a Rotary event," and um, they said, "Oh, what you do is so interesting. Would you be able to?" 
come to our our one of our morning meetings and talk about what you do. So I was like, well, okay, Huge if win. they said yeah. that, then, you know, this is accomplished, right? And this is one of the most tough situations. And I think everybody dreads this. Like you're at a, I don't know, even birthday party or networking event. And then somebody comes up to you and asks you, what do you do? And then you're like, oh, the sweat starts. And what you actually manage is to, in that conversation, get somebody that excited that they invited you to give a, a presentation. Like, if there is any indicator for success that you're on the right track, then this is a pretty good indicator, I would say. Yeah, you got to take those wins and like put them in your, in your, you know, somewhere special and just keep back, keep coming back to them. Uh, I'm happy to hear that uh, the program contributed a little bit to uh, to your success here. Delia, thanks for sharing this. Uh, I would love to continue this conversation uh, and we're going to do that somewhere else. But for now, um, I'm going to invite MC in but I, because I'm sure she has some interesting stories as well. MC, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, MC. So uh, same question to start with as uh, with Delia. Could you give us a little bit of context, who you are? What do you do these days? How did you get involved in service design so that we know a little bit more about mm -hmm. who you are? Yes. Uh, so I'm MC or Marie Christine from Montreal, Canada. I'm, um, I, have, I have a background in um, UX design for 15 years. And um, a few years ago, I've decided to uh, extend my um, my service offer and decided to get trained in service design, design thinking, um, because I wanted to um, give a better uh, extended offer to my client. Uh, I'm, I'm a consultant and helping my client improve their customer experience. So doing so, integrating service design, I, uh, I thought was the, the best way to do it. Mm. Um, so I've been a consultant since 2014, and I've been helping different type of companies uh, uh, improving their customer experience, but also employees, uh, employee experience um, much yeah. more uh, over the past few years. So. Awesome. I, I think <laughs> you're also, um, I would say, a, a classical or a typical example of somebody getting into service design. I see a lot of people moving from UX to service design mm. because they see the opportunity of uh, moving beyond digital interfaces and seeing that digital interfaces aren't the only way people interact with organization uh, organizations. And then it only makes sense to sort of look at it more holistically and then they end up in service design. So I, I know that there are a lot of people listening who uh, uh, share a similar path uh, as you have. Um, yeah, so, I do think so. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know for sure. Um, so you're not in the aviation industry, but a whole different uh, ball game. But you also decided to participate in a program that is about selling service design. I'm curious, what challenges did you experience? Because you already sort of knew how to position UX, you knew the value of UX. Why did you feel that service design was challenging, more challenging? Um, it's challenging because I, I've, I've brought, I'm, I already, um, um, told about service design, but when I'm working with clients, with teammates, um, uh, it's a strange thing sometimes for them and having the, the ability with this program to build my, build my um, manifesto, the way I'm going to talk to them about a service design, the way to approach them, de de depending on their challenge, 
Uh, that was the thing I think was missing uh, in my my toolkit a little bit because uh, I used to work with specific clients, but now since I'm co- I'm a consultant, I'm working with different type of clients, different field. So I had to be able to be more flexible in the way I'm selling service design. Mm. So that's that was my main goal. So wh- what did you feel when you say it was you feel it was missing from your toolbox? What was the consequence of the fact that it was missing? Uh, the main consequence was um, to be able to, I have a, a UX background. I don't have a business background. So um, needed to talk to VPs, uh, director. I didn't have the, the necessarily the, the proper vocabulary to talk to them. Um, I have a, 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 this, a great design vocabulary, but a business one, uh, that's the one that I, I needed to work on. So uh, that's why this program uh, helped me a lot to, uh, to, to, to master this, uh, this piece. And I think you're you're absolutely right that uh, developing the business vocabulary is mm. super important. And I, I'm just going to be uh, the service designer here and ask you one more why question like, Okay, you're in a conversation with a VP or a different stakeholder, and you feel that your your business vocabulary wasn't adequate. Um, I would say, so what? So what happened because of the fact that your business vocabulary wasn't there enough, and you focused on design? I think my my main challenge is that I had difficulty to um, to pass my idea, to to convince them to try something, to try just a, a little pilot. Um, well, with time, I've been able to do it, uh, but at first, uh, it was just harder for me to uh, to sell it and to convince uh, my director or another yeah. director to to do it. So that was uh, I didn't have the, the the proper words, the proper angle to 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 talk with those people. So it maybe took you more efforts to actually get them convinced. Maybe more time. Maybe some clients didn't get. Uh, the conf- confidence that they were looking for. Uh, so sometimes you managed, and sometimes it, it, it there was less of a predictable approach and predictable structure that you could fall back on. Exactly, I was mat. I was mastering the uh, the service design aspect of it, the framework, the the steps, the the exercise, but the the other side of the metal, which is the um, the business side of it, uh, and 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 learning to listen to their problem, also, um, which is a very service at, design at, thing to do, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is not something that uh, when I got my certification, um, this is not the part that they teach you. They teach you the framework, they teach you the steps, but the business side of it, uh, it's not. It wasn't there yet uh, at that time. Uh, yeah. So. And, yeah. and this so is, I think with yeah. this program, you you bring a very complementary side of the service design. This is what I uh, what I've been preaching for the last five years, and uh, and evangelizing. Like I think understanding the craft of service design, of course, you need that. Like you you cannot do your work without that. But if you don't know how to communicate the value, how to build trust in people, so that they actually take that first step and engage with you, like all your certificates and all your service design books, they won't matter because you you won't be able to put your craft into practice. So you need to do both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. 
Is there, uh, and I know you're just returning from a holiday, so I'm going to sort of pick your brain and see what comes out. But I'm curious if there was already something uh, maybe small that you took away from the program and were able to apply in your own practice? And the first thing that comes to my mind is that is in the, um, the, the first meeting that I have, a, deep, uh, a briefing that I have with clients, I've adjust my, my, my question to ask to them. Um, I've refreshed my, my questionnaire um, regarding to what I've learned in this program. So that's, that's the first thing that I did. And, uh, Could you give it, an example? It, Do you have an example, like of maybe one question that you now introduce or something that you remove? Actually, I can relate with what Delia ju uh, just said a few minutes ago. It was uh, um, turning that question um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. into a negative one. What if you don't do anything? What would happen? And this is a magic question for sure. When have you, you tried it already? Yes, I did. And what happens and, when you do that? Um, people are kind of surprised when you ask this question because they don't, they are not used to uh, get this question, and it opens up so much uh, discussion, different angle to discuss a, a problem or an opportunity, um, and the, it, it makes them think about the challenge they have. Um, other than just giving you facts, information about what they're dealing with, uh, it makes them taking the time to think about it, to think about, oh, if I don't do it, what will happen to my team, to my clients? And it's usually not a reflex for them to, to think that way. Mm. So I, it's, yeah. it's building up a really interesting conversation. I can recommend it that uh, everybody prototypes it. And I think this is a very, we're picking out just one question, but we discussed many mm. in the program. But this question is interesting because it evokes a lot of um, um, questions again. And I think this question also works uh, in situations where clients actively approach you and looking for, mm. I don't know, a custom journey map or service design. And then you sort of pushing back and asking, well, do you really need service design? Like, like what would happen if you don't yeah. do it? And then um, you you can sort of try to find out if this if these are the right clients because not every client is suited for service design. You sometimes just, you, you need to say no and figuring out who the right client is, if there is a good fit, because that's what we just said at the beginning, selling is about finding that correct match, finding that fit. And this question yeah. definitely helps there, yeah. Absolutely. And I will add that it might be a good fit with the the person who you're talking to, but you have to dig a little bit to make sure that is it a good fit with the team? Because this person might be really convinced of their service design, but he, this person is not the only one in the project. So you have to dig a little bit to make sure that um, uh, there's a there's a fit overall also. Mm. And, Otherwise, you yeah. might have to kind of a bit of surprise when you start a project so yeah and to, to a certain that stand extent that will always be the case but uh doing yes. uh, being a bit more critical um and uh doing some work to figure out if this is the right client if this is the right team if this is the right project not just blindly accepting every opportunity mm. that comes along will actually give you more and better work in the future um absolutely 
also curious from you next to the this uh, thing that you already shared what would you say which tip would you give to people who are listening and are in a similar situation where they are struggling to communicate and articulate the value of service design um I will um, I will go back to the structure of your program where we started with our own story and they had talked about it a little bit uh, earlier, talking about our own story, but making sure that we um, uh, we um, we using their story also uh, that uh, we're we're talking not about service design in general with their clients, but making sure that we're doing the a good research upfront to make sure that we uh, we're talking the same language with them. We know their um, their field. We know a little bit more about um, their industry to make sure that we bring good arguments that are related to their day to day business. And I think it's the key. Yeah, yeah, I think and, it's a key. yeah. And uh, we're giving uh, a lot of a way, which I'm really happy with, and hope uh, that people uh, find this helpful. But I think, if I remember correctly, the very first lesson in the program is nobody cares about service design. At least your <laughs> clients don't. Like what they care about is their problem, their story, and what I've just hear heard you say. Like that's the thing you need to keep in mind when you actually want to get people excited about what you do and to work with them. Let's talk about them story. Don't talk about you. Like that, that. That will come at a later stage. But first, focus on the person yeah. who's in front of you. Exactly. Focus on the on, on the person from kiss on their challenge and forget about buzzwords and it, it it doesn't work. I mean, that's not that's not the way you're gonna sell a service design. Yeah, and it, it, so. once you do it, it may seem obvious, but uh, it's you have to you have to sort of uh, print it in your brain and never forget it and practice it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But because we have to remember, we are problem solver at first. We're we'll we're helping teams to solve their challenge, their their problem. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing uh, this tip, uh, MC and uh, Delia. Thank you for sharing this with the community. Uh, being uh, courageous and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not gratitude. You're sort of giving back and and sharing your lessons, sharing your experiences. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people out there who uh, will benefit from this. So thank you again for being part of the program and for appearing here on the show with me. I'm really thankful that Delia and MC were so generous to share their stories with us. I hope that you've seen that anyone should and probably must learn how to better sell service design. It's just a matter of following the right steps and then putting the lessons into practice. So if you'd also like to learn how to get the people around you to buy into service design and get results like MC and Delia did, consider joining the Selling Service Design with Confidence program. The last group of 2021 starts in October and I have to tell you that there is an application process as we have a limited number of seats available. If you want to learn how to apply, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash selling. That's servicedesignshow.com slash selling. And the link is also in the show notes of this episode. Thanks a lot for listening to the Service Design Show. I really appreciate your time. Keep making a positive impact and I'll catch you in the next episode.